All right, good morning. It's great to be here with you all. My name is Eric Wakeling, and excited to be able to share God's Word with you as well as we get into this whole Simplify series again, and today specifically about how we can simplify our time. And time is a, is a very crucial, important thing. And, uh, you know, I, I was thinking about last week, uh, Matt Davis preached on how we can simplify and the Sabbath rest and all that. And he was talking at the beginning about how he felt like he was maybe the worst candidate just because of some of the ways that he'd lived that out. And, and he did just an incredible job, though, of, of preaching that message about the Sabbath. And then, so I'm hoping to have a similar beginning and a similar result, because when it comes to time and simplifying time and being a man of margin and all of that, I I don't think I'm the greatest example, but I do think that uh, I'm learning a lot about this and I do think I'm doing some things right, but we're going to get this. And and what I mean is just thinking about my life and thinking about how I've been, uh, well, I'm married to my wonderful wife, B, and we both work full time. We both have have jobs as uh, she's a teacher I'm a pastor they're not really leave at the office sort of jobs we have two wonderful daughters who have all the activities that kids are involved in and I will say we're pretty good actually about not being too out of control with that kind of stuff Uh, but then I think about uh, that uh, you know, I'm highly involved here at church, even outside of my uh, sort of job and even leading a life group and stuff like that. Actually, first service, I was preaching first service and realized, oh, I'm speaking. I'm actually double booked while speaking on time. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to be leading my life group and on this stage. So I don't know if that just is the first sign that you've got a problem when you're double booked while preaching on time. But I'm back at school for a third master's degree on ancient Old Testament context just because I think it's fun. And. And that's weird. And I get that. And, and like I'm a chaplain for the Santa Ana Police Department. My wife and I have a nonprofit on the side that we've inherited from my dad that we're running and helping serving homeless people, church plants in poor communities, and children in needs. And so it's just, you know, I'm trying to work out a few times a week, and I've got a bunch of neglected hobbies. And so here I am. I feel stressed, right? Like, I feel stressed just talking all about that. And I'm here to talk about simplifying time, being people with margin to be able to respond to the Holy Spirit. All right. Now, here's the deal. You probably know a lot of what I'm going to talk about even today. There might be a lot of this that isn't new to you, as in some ways isn't new to me. But we need these checks, right? We need these reminders. Because often when it comes to something like this, when it comes to how we use our time, we might know the right answers, but over time we veer off, right? So we want to get this in check today and be intentional and purposeful about our time. So what I'd like to do first is have us take an honest assessment. Now, hopefully you have your little simplified journals. There's more in the back if you need one. But I'd ask you to turn to page 6. In these simplify journals and that's where we've got this little part about our sermon today and it says take an honest assessment has the picture of the bucket and what I'd like you to do here is to put a line on this bucket we're gonna do three different lines so I'd like for you first to put a line on the bucket where your energy level is now Okay, where's your energy level? How full is your passion bucket, right? Like, let's see how much energy and enthusiasm, vigor you have for what life is bringing you. Where's your energy? So as you do that, shouldn't take too long, it's just a line. Go ahead and write it. Okay, now, draw another line with how full your time is with your commitments. Okay, all the things that you have committed to, 
right? All these things that you have to do in your life. Put a line with how full is that? How much space do you have for margin? Or how much, uh, you know, has your life already been predetermined for you? All right. So as you draw that line, now we're going to do a third one. The third line that is a line that represents those commitments that you think are unchangeable. Okay, which what of those commitments that you have in your life do you feel like are unchangeable? You can't change them. Go ahead, do that. All right, so here's what I want to do with this. You've, you've drawn these lines, you've determined these things. It's just kind of a self-check for where we're at as you're beginning this talk. But I want to challenge... This whole notion that we have commitments or things to do that are unchangeable. I don't know where you put that line. You might have a lot of stuff to do, but maybe you thought that all of those things are unchangeable or most of those things are. Well, I'd like to say today that a lot of the stuff that we have in our life is probably changeable. God, family, these are some of the big things that aren't. But even your job, you know, some of these huge things in our life actually are changeable. We have the ability to change when it comes to how we spend our time. I have the ability to change when it comes to how I spend my time. But we have to to realize that we have to spend our time on what is most important. And we're going to really get into that and dig into that today. Because time is one of the most, I would say even the most valuable thing that we have because time is the only thing that you really can't buy and you certainly can't get back once it's been spent, right? And time is kind of like, uh, you know, the crocodile with the ticking clock in its belly in the Peter Pan story. It's like this monster that's chasing you that you will never be able to defeat. Time will always win. Time is always coming after you. And some of us that... That makes me feel a little anxious, right? That makes me feel stressed. And, and how am I going to use this time? I don't have enough time. And we start to freak out. And so I want us to be able to be intentional and purposeful and, and take a step of how we can create some margin and space in our lives to be doing not just what's good, but what's best and what's God's best. So let's look into a few things. First of all, let's look at how did Jesus spend his time. Okay, if we want to model our lives, let's first off model it after the life of Christ. So I'd encourage you to grab your Bibles. If you don't have one, there's one on the back of that seat in front of you. Turn to Mark 1.35. It's uh, the way those Bibles on the back of the seats there work. It's page 27, but it's the 27 on the New Testament. So I'd encourage you to start in the back, flip back, look for page 27, and you'll get to Mark 1.35. And I want you to look at that as we consider how did Jesus spend his time. Because if you look a little bit above verse 35, you can see that Jesus has been doing stuff all day. Okay, he's been preaching, he's been healing people. Even in verse 32, it says, when evening came after the sunset, he started healing more people. So he's doing work into the night, right? Then it says in, in verse 35, in the early morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went away to a secluded place and was praying there. So even though he was super busy and doing work in the night, he got up early and he spent time with the Father. 
And then check out what happens next. It's like right after that, Simon comes up. He's like, hey, everybody's looking for you, Jesus. Where are you at? We got more stuff to do. You know, and all of a sudden, boom, life keeps going. He's got, he's doing more healing and preaching and all of that. And so Jesus is right back at it. But what he does first is he starts early to spend time with the Father. And we need to consider that as as a model for us, that we would start our day with God. I enjoy starting my day with prayer. I don't like the... There's like three minutes of getting up for me that's terrible. You know, like when the, when the alarm actually goes off and you actually have to get up, that, all that's awful. But once you're up, you know, it's good. It's good to be up and go and like, and all right, let's spend time with God. Let's, let's get ready for the day. Let's start this day right. So I encourage you in that to start early with the Father. Don't get all guilted out about it, but let's start early with the Father. Now, Jesus also worked hard. We can see that, that all of this like simplifying margin, all of that, it is not so that we can just sit around and be lazy. It's so that we can be healthy. It's so that we can be purposeful with our lives. That Jesus did work hard. He was, he did a lot. He, even as you think about his three years of his, his ministry life that we call at the end, his last three years, you even look back, he would have been for 15 plus years, this stonemason working hard with his hands. He knew the value of hard work. Jesus was, was going for it, but he was very intentional with how he spent his time and how he rested. And that's the next thing, is that he was intentional with different groups of people. As you look at Jesus' life, he spent time with children. He spent time with the religious leaders. He spent time with what they would have called sinners of the day. He spent time with the crowds. He spent time with like kind of the, the big group of disciples, the 70 and plus He spent time then with the 12 and then with the core three, right? Like he had some very intentional ways that he was spending time with different groups of people. And that was all on purpose. So we have to think about how we are intentional with our time. And then he was on mission, right? Like he was doing this stuff for a reason. He had a calling. He knew what his life was to be about and he was fulfilling that mission. So I would encourage you as you consider your life, to consider what is your mission, right? What is your calling? And then there's something that uh, Tim, you know, was announcing about, about this Discover Your Purpose class that's coming up at the end of this month. And that's why I just kind of want to hit on it again because I really think that this, this class, this process is one of the best things that we do at Calvary. It's really amazing. Like the way that you're able to look into your spiritual gifts and the things that you're passionate about and what things you're good at and your experiences in life and kind of bring all of that together and, and see how you can then make an impact for the kingdom of God and for God's glory, you know, with the way that you've been uniquely designed. And so it's such a great process and it's super underutilized. So I just encourage you to come and be a part of that, to go through that, to see yourself serving God, not just because it was some sort of random thing you did, but out of how God has uniquely created you. So again, Again, encourage you with that. Also, there's another thing. It's in the, the next steps in your little journal. Uh, there's some next steps there. And one of those talks about uh, something called the Master's Program. The Master's Program is uh, uh, led by Bob Shank for men and Sherry Shank for women as well. And there's just a great way that we can uh, discover more about how to kind of move from a life of just success to a life of significance.
significance. And I'm going to be even talking a lot uh, about time, that stuff that Bob would talk about, about time in here with his permission. And it'll be a little less stressful because in this service, he won't be sitting right there listening to me say it all. So, um, which he was last service. But uh, (laughs) anyway, but it's, you know, this is as we look into these ways that we can live more on mission as well as as Matt talked about last week, observing the Sabbath for its intended purpose, that we would find rest, but rest in God and connection to the Father in the way that Jesus did as well. So we had those divert dailies as well as the withdraw weeklies like we talked about last week. Um, and so as we consider the life of Christ and how we can pattern our time after him, I love this quote by Bill Hybels. Bill Hybels uh, actually wrote uh, a great book. It's the book we're using in our um, life groups and on that Wednesday night class. We decided to do this whole simplify thing, and then you start to do some research and study about simplify, and Bill Hybels has a book called Simplify, and it popped up relatively quickly in our research. And it was, uh, and it's really good, and has some great nuggets in it, and this is one of them. It says this, I am still learning that my schedule, my time, is far less about what I want to get done and far more about who I want to become. That the way he uses his time and even the way he uses his schedule to do that, he says it should be more about who I want to become rather than just the appointments and the logistics of my life. So consider, who do you want to become? And as we talk about patterning our time after Christ, I, and I would assume you, if you're here in this room, we want to become more like Jesus, right? And so let's pattern then the way he did time uh, and, and pattern our lives in that way and begin to grow in that as we can grow to become more like him and to see our schedule reflect that. Okay, so that leads us then into just the the second point, which is the big point of what Bob Shank talks about in master's program with time is that he says, you don't manage your time, you lead your time. So get rid of time management and, and take on time leadership. Okay, we want to lead our time. And there's a couple verses that I want to help um, kind of set us up with this as we consider it. Colossians 4, 5 says this, conduct yourselves with wisdom toward outsiders, making the most of every opportunity. Okay, so we want to be wise. We want to be wise about how we're making an impact on the world, those outside the church. And we want to make the most of every opportunity. So do we have space? Do we have margin? Do we have the ability to make the most of those opportunities? Or are we moving so quickly that when an opportunity comes to be a light and to to share the gospel with someone or to be an example of Jesus in someone's life, that we just skip it and move on by because we've got too much going on in our lives. Or then Ephesians 5, 15 to 17 says this, Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. So then, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So as we understand what, what God would want us 
to have our time be about, how we would use it, this wonderful, amazing resource of time, let again, let us again be wise and let's make the most of it. So we want to do what's right when it comes to our time and we want to lead it. Okay. So again, this whole concept of time leadership and with it, we got to step back and say, okay, then if I want to lead my time, what is leadership? What do leaders do? Well, there's a couple things. I'm sure there's more, and, and, but here's a couple things that good leaders do. Leaders have vision, and then leaders have a strategy for that vision. And so we have to, if we're going to be leaders of our time, have a vision for our time and for our lives. Have a sense of a vision of what would God want my life to be about and what does God want my time to be about? How would I spend this time purposefully for him and his glory? And then leaders have strategy of how to achieve that vision. So we develop strategies of how to then, you know, actually achieve the vision that, that we would have for our lives. And, and we're going to talk even a lot more about what that looks like and how we can do it. So consider for yourself, what is your vision for your time and what is the strategy for how you will accomplish that, right? Then you can manage little pieces here and there, but we lead it. We got to lead it first. Uh, so what I'd like you to do now is I'd just like to take a step back and have us talk for a moment in groups about these things. What things cause you to waste time and what tools help you lead yourself in the area of time. So just quickly, you know, share like one thing from each. If you need to get up, you can get up, group up with a few different people, but it's just going to be just going to be a couple minutes. So go for it.
Let's begin to wrap it up. Thank you very much. Hopefully that was a good little conversation. And again, we're just wanting us to kind of get get a bit of a personal check on this. And how am I doing? How can I continue? You know, make some choices that are going to improve this. Because we need tools to help us with this. And I and I really think that that's why I'm even going through some of this stuff that, that I learned from the master's program from Bob and, and why I really wanted to hit on a lot of this because it's so helpful. We need tools to be able to do it. And so part of uh, like one of these tools that, that he would say and for us to understand, and I encourage you to write this down even. It's not in the, in the outline. Uh, and a lot of people were even asking for this after uh, last service. But it's to consider these four realms of your life. And if you're going to use your time purposefully and intentionally, that you want to be able to consider these four different areas. First is the personal realm, how you can grow in your spiritually, emotionally, physically, and all these different ways personally, even friendships. The professional realm, your career, the family realm, and then the kingdom realm. And that's your ministry impact. How can you make an impact for God's kingdom? And so to consider then, all right, how am I going to then use my time in these specific areas? Because I want to find out what is the, you know, what are the most important things and the ways that, that I can do to use my time? Because again, time is short. This guy, St. Jerome, there's a statue of him uh, you see on the screen. This is outside of the Church of Nativity in Bethlehem. And uh, this statue of this guy, uh, it, it has a skull. If you see it the, at his feet, there's a skull at his feet. Because what the, the story is, is that he would carry around this skull everywhere he went. Because he wanted to be reminded that life was short. He wanted to be remembered that he only had so much time to make an impact for God. And so he carried around this crazy skull, which I don't know if that's, I mean, that's the name of Calvary. Anyway, Calvary basically means skull church. I don't know if you knew that. So like, uh, maybe that should just be our new logo mark. It's just a giant skull. Ah, that'd be cool. Uh, so like, cause time is short and, and so we want to use it well. And I love, uh, this quote by Bob. It says, if you know what you plan to do with your day, the allocation of your hours will be clear. If you make no designation of your day, the hours will be squandered. It's easy for us to squander our time and waste it. And so I want to do this little, it's kind of a classic illustration, object lesson that many people have heard. And uh, it's, but it's so cool and so applicable for, uh, for us for this. So our, our time is represented by this jar, okay? And this jar can only hold so much. Okay, now we have then these limes that represent the big rocks, like the big chunks of our life, the big uh, things, the most important things. Love God, love your neighbor, right? Uh, your God and family, your ministry impact, uh, those, a key thing in one of those four realms of your life would be represented by the big things. These are the priorities. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, then all these things would be added to you. Now the rice, the rice represents more of like everything else, the incidentals. I mean, it could be, uh, you know, checking your emails, watching TV. Uh, it could be other things that are good, but maybe aren't necessarily the big things. And so what happens is most of the time we tend to just kind of react. We let life come at us and we react to it. And that leads us into just spending our time on the incidentals first. 
And so when we don't place a priority and intentionally schedule and plan those things that are important to us, who we want to become, right? Then what happens is we tend to fill it first with the incidentals. So then though we realize, oh shoot, I want to include these things too, right? And then what we do is we put them in and they don't fit. So here's the thing. When we take these and we start over and we place those important things in our life, we place these things that should come first in first and we give them that scheduled priority, then we can do the incidentals, right? Then the things, I mean, we're still going to so I'm going to watch a show or I'm going to, you know, respond to my emails or go hang out with like friends or whatever that might be. And, and as we add those, then we can see that even though we think we don't have time, got to shake it a little, uh, that we actually do. And it all fits. Makes me feel like I did a magic trick. So we can, we can see that often what's going on is we really actually have enough time. But what we don't have, what we haven't done, is been intentional with about the things that are the most important. Okay? So we want to be intentional. We want to place those things that are most important in their rightful place. And, and, and schedule them. Prioritize them. Prioritize the kind of person we want to become. And then all the incidentals, all the other stuff, can come afterwards. And so how do I do this? How do I live that out? And this is the last like kind of chunk where I'm going to blatantly rip off from, from Bob Shank with his permission uh, and his blessing afterwards. But uh, this, this is the way I think it's a great way to live it out is as you've, you've visioned, you've, you've dreamed about who you want to become, you consider your time in this kind of way. That we have three chunks of every day that he calls half days, even though there's three of them. But he, uh, there, there's these three half days that we have that would be like an 8 to noon, 1 to 5, and let's say maybe a 7 to 11. And that can flex somewhere. But we have these three big chunks of our day every day. And so we want to then consider how can I plan and, and focus on something during each of those chunks? So how can I be intentional with each of those half days? And then realizing that we have 21 half days in a week, we have 90 in a month, we have 1,080 in a year, okay? And so we got to then allocate as we schedule and plan intentionally something within maybe one of those, those four realms, right? So if something personal growth or career, professional growth, kingdom work, family. And, you know, we have to do things smartly in the sense of, right, I'm going to be doing family stuff, you know, more in the 7 to 11, not the 8 to noon when I'm supposed to be at work or, you know, like th- those sort of deals. And, you know, like that's where I'm trying to, I really want to learn Hebrew. I want to, I never did. I want to do that. So I'm doing that, that ancient Old Testament context thing. And so, yeah, that's from 6 to 10 p.m. on Monday nights, right? It fits into that slot that chunk every Monday night. And so what I'd love for you to consider is how you can focus in on something intentional with each chunk of your life. Yeah, you got to make sure you schedule Sabbath. You have to schedule some kind of buffer time where you're just, you know, kind of getting some of those incidentals done. But to consider how you can be intentional and purposeful about personal growth or kingdom work or something with those chunks. And now you think about you got a thousand in a year. Even if you could do this, even if you could do you could basically fail and do this 50% of the time, you would still have 540 ways that you have done one thing to make an impact, 
right, in your life, in your growth, in kingdom work, in some way through all of those chunks, even if you could only use half of them. And so that's where I want to encourage you. Wouldn't it be awesome to have these, these incredible intentional steps of growth that you are taking in your life and you're just seeing how you can do that just by being purposeful, just by putting them first. Because we go back to that quote by Hybels that he's learning to use his schedule, his time, as not just to do appointments or get stuff done, but to become the kind of person that he wants to become. And then therefore, his calendar is the primary tool that he would use then to become that kind of person. So he schedules it. He puts it in there. There's this whole thing that John Grisham wrote the word. He, he was a lawyer and he hated being a lawyer. He wanted to be an author. And so he wrote at 5 a.m. every day, write. That's what he did. He just wrote the word write at 5 a.m. in his schedule for like an hour or so every morning. And eventually he became a very successful author, right? That you just got to put it in there. Start by putting it in there. You got to lead the time. And you might even say, well, the calendar's not that tool. It's the Holy Spirit. What do you mean? You don't just calendar doesn't replace the Holy Spirit. You know, and I'd say, when was the last time you sat down with your calendar and you said, Lord, help me to lead this. May your Holy Spirit guide me in how I'm intentional about how I use my time. That's the Holy Spirit using you and leading you and guiding you intentionally and being focused on how you would do that. And so I challenge you to ask God to lead your schedule, to ask God to give you a vision for who you can become, to ask God to show you how then to use your time to become that kind of person. So this is what we do. So put things on your schedule that need attention in your life, not just your appointments. If your marriage needs attention, then schedule time with your spouse Date night, counseling, time to pray for one another. If your friendships feel shallow, don't just hang out with big groups of people, but put in your schedule. I want to have coffee with that one person for 90 minutes and go deeper, right? Like put it in your schedule how you can have deeper friendships and relationships. Be intentional about your time with God, exercise, adventure, personal growth, you know, that spiritual growth and all of that. Because if you want to hear more from God, be where his word is taught regularly, weekly. Be part of it and be on time. Show up. If you want to have a life that is, is led by God and is filled with like his purpose in your life, pattern your life after the life of Christ. Time in the synagogue and the temple and time alone with the Father. He did both. So I encourage you to, to pattern your life after his. Live those same sorts of rhythms. And then, then as we've been intentional about it, we also have to consider how we can simplify, okay? How we can back off, how we can simplify and create more margin in our lives so that we can be generous and purposeful with our lives. And, and really the, the core of this, um, even the core passage, I would say, of this whole series on simplify is this, what you see on the screen right here in Hebrews 12, 1, where it says, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance 
the race that is set before us. So we, we usually know, we usually have it down that we're supposed to like get rid of our sin, right? Like, okay, I know I should stop sinning or I know I should work on getting rid of sin that's hindering me in some way. But, but see what it says in the passage that it says, lay aside every encumbrance and the sin. So there's a bunch of other things other than sin that are hindering us and holding us back, that are encumbering us from being able to run the race that Christ has set out before us. And so we need to then learn what are those things in my life that I need to get rid of. And some of those might come as we talk about money and possessions and relationships and other things, you know. But uh, we want to get into here in the way that we spend our time. So we need to simplify and create margin in our schedule. Because uh, the opposite of simplicity is not complexity. Complexity is a good thing. Complexity, you know, it should be celebrated. We are created as complex human beings, and um, you know, we we live in a very a world full of all sorts of beautiful complexities. But the opposite of simplicity is chaos, clutter, and confusion. That we don't want lives that are that are confused and cluttered and just full of stuff that's meaningless and and chaotic. So we have to recognize ways that we can unkink the hose, right? Ways that as the little video we watched last week and saw a glimpse of today of just how we can see that work of God flowing through us more fully as we get rid of those things that hinder and hold us back. So you might have a life that's full of good things, but you don't have space for the best things. You don't have space for being generous or being, you know, uh, purposeful. It's like the Good Samaritan story where you've got these people, the Levite and the, the priest, where they're, they're rushing by this man that's in need on their way to something good, but maybe missing what God's best is or what God has for them in that moment to help someone in that time. And maybe that's wasting time with escape instead of rest. Sometimes we think that we're resting, but we're really just escaping. Whether you know that could be the things like TV shows and video games and all that. And that's not to say that all that stuff is just bad, but it can be, right? It, and it doesn't bring rest to our souls, because sometimes we need rest in our souls, not just to escape. And so we have to make sure that we're not just living out escape. Also, sometimes we're living out someone else's calling instead of our own. So we need to discover what our calling is, our purpose, how we are uniquely shaped by God, and to live it out in that way. And so we want to have space in our schedules, space for friends when they have emergencies, space for, you know, ourselves to be able to move slower and not miss opportunities to serve, space for us to be able to, you know, like uh, Matt talked about that story, for our souls to catch up with our bodies, to have that Sabbath rest that we need. Space for the the fire to burn between the logs, and I want to read a poem. Not, I'm not a huge poem guy myself, uh, but I, I want to read a poem to you called "Fire" by Judy Brown that I think really helps us to understand this need for space, not to be lazy, but to be healthy and effective and purposeful. So let's. Uh, it's going to be on the screen, but just listen to this poem. What makes a fire burn? is space between the logs, a breathing space. 
Too much of a good thing, too many logs packed too tight, can douse the flames almost as surely as a pail of water. So building fires requires attention to the spaces in between as much as to the wood. When we are able to build open spaces in the same way we have learned to pile on logs, then we come to see how it is the fuel and the absence of fuel together that makes fire possible. We only need to lay a log lightly from time to time. A fire grows simply because the space is there with openings in which the flame that knows just how to burn can find its way. So we want to allow the Holy Spirit to be able to work in us and through us and for that fire to burn in our lives, but to allow the space in between the logs that that, that, that Spirit can work. So what we want to do now is we want to respond a little bit, and we're going to respond right now through journaling. And so in your, uh, your booklet, your journal, you've got on page 7 some space there for you to answer some questions. So we're going to spend a few minutes now just on your own writing down some answers to questions. It's just going to be a beginning, but there's some good things. What are those big rocks in your life? How would you spend your time if God were in charge of it? And, and things like that. So take some time now, and then I'll come back up and, and set up our next thing.